0: I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain.
1: Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation.
0: Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton.
1: I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood.
0: And this is our listener feedback show for heretics
1: of Dune.
2: And this is
1: is where we haunt you and track you down for sending all your bad feedback. (laughs) I have a particular set of him. skills,
0: and it's reading your feedback. <laughs> yes. in the voice
1: of Bruce Wayne. No, I'm just, uh, we were doing that earlier. We joked about doing the entire podcast in the Bruce Wayne voice, and then Jim Arwood had to pull out his Christopher Lloyd voice, and it was all over.
0: Yep, yeah, it was too good.
1: We need a sampling of that, yeah. Jim. What?
2: You mean you want me to do Christopher Lloyd again? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, wow. Well if you ever want to be Great a part <laughs> if you ever want to be a well, part of our me... listener feedback show, it's super easy to do. Absolutely.
1: Email there are us tons away.
0: Yep. Yeah. You can email us dunesaga at gmail.com.
1: You can call us at 1-260-577-2428,
0: or you can hit us up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash dunesagapodcast, Podcast or Twitter at dunesagapodcast. Podcast.
1: Absolutely. So
0: Great ways to get in touch with us, and we've got a bunch of stuff from uh, people who did just that. Before we get too far in, I just want to thank our Patreon supporters for continuing to support us here as we do the podcast. Uh, Every a- little bit helps. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yep, yeah. so thank you very much. Uh, if you want to learn more about the what the Patreon is, head over to patreon.com slash Podcast. Click the link on our website or go over to the Seach Members tab on our website to find all the people who have
1: already become part of our Seach, And we thank you. (laughs) That's right. And we thank you. But no, very good. Well, let's move into our feedback tonight, right? Let's jump right into it. And our first piece of feedback comes from Marco Salazar. And so I'm just going to read the note that he sent in here. And thank you, first of all, for writing in and giving us your thoughts. And he says this. I discovered your podcast the other day, and I thought, yes, someone else loves the Dune universe as much as I do. Wee! <laughs> and then I realized I'm a huge dork. Well, here's a level of my dorkiness. I listen to the original Frank Herbert Dune saga at least once a year. I own and have read the Dune Encyclopedia, even though I know it's non-canon. Even though I find the overt repetitiveness and thorough explanations from the Herbert Anderson seriously annoying, I still listen to every single one of their Dune books. On a side note, if Herbert Anderson were able to write with brevity and the Elon or Frank Herbert, their books would be about two-thirds shorter. I have listened to the entire saga, Frank and Herbert Anderson, in historical chronological order, from start of the Butlerian Jihad to the ultimate defeat of Omnius. Spoiler. I have watched every single TV movie production of the Dune universe. I think you guys are doing a pretty awesome job. I have, I have to give you the kudos. You're trying to talk critically about a universe I love, and you do it in a balanced way. I was really sad when I listened about how everyone didn't like Dune Messiah. It was my favorite book in the original saga after Dune. There's something tragically beautiful about Paul's struggle after he's taken the God mantle, which Jessica didn't want him to in Dune, and living with the consequences of that choice. Every scene, every interaction, every action builds to the climactic end, which is not Paul losing his vision and walking in the desert, but the birth of Leto and Ganeela. Thank you again, Marco.
0: Yeah. Thoughts? Man, thanks, Marco, for writing. Uh, you know, spoilers. I know,
1: right? 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 What? <laughs> uh, uh, obvious? Uh, what?
0: Huh? Huh? Um. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shh,
1: Jim wasn't listening. We can talk now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He was thinking about loots. Yeah, he was dreaming about loots. I need a, I need a picture of you, Jim, <laughs> so I can put a little bubble next to you with a loot, just with you looking all dazed. Right, right.
2: <laughs> oh but, no! <laughs> another another Jim meme. Uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I I think that's great. I mean, that's impressive. He listens to him so frequently, and the key there is he listens to him. So we've got someone on your side, Scott. Someone who thinks listening is reading.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I the argument that we've had is does listening count as reading? And I'm i I'm of the faction that says yes, mm-hmm. because you know traditionally before written word was really around, people were listening to stories told around the campfire, and they were stories. That's true. That's uh, yeah, true. I, I about that. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever probably it uh, doesn't really matter we're getting engaged in the story that's the yeah. that's the important thing i i'm impressed with it uh dune messiah is his favorite right he's kind of like, after uh, Dune. Yeah, oh, that but that does mean he kind of agrees with jim that children of dune is not his favorite of the original trilogy
0: that's yeah <laughs> okay all so, right jim
1: you have someone on your side yeah okay <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> this time yeah this
0: time any uh, thoughts jim
2: um, he listens to all of the books every year. Wouldn't uh, he, that take all year? Well, I think it's the original trilogy that he
1: listens it, to. Oh, it was the original Frank Herbert? Oh, okay. But so, he, yeah. he has gone through from beginning to end of um, the Herbert, the Herbert and Anderson books, and then the chronologic. Yeah, chronologically. So what we're doing, he's done.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah the basically. one other person. Yeah, the one other person <laughs> that,
1: that likes what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
2: oh I uh I I think it's neat that he that he goes through uh, the series over and over again like that. Uh, I wish I could do that, and so, I, I might just do that when we're done with when we're done uh, reviewing the books.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know there's just uh there is something to be said when you find a book that you can go back to and you can pull stuff out of it that you don't either don't remember or they hit you differently than where, where you are at when you read it the first time. And it seems to yeah. be like the original trilogy for him are books that do that. Lord of the Rings for me was, was a book set that did that. I read that series like 13, 14 times. Yeah. Um, so for me, that's the way that function.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say Lord of the Rings, Dune, probably the two big ones for me that I can read over and over again and just, and, and pull apart
1: for sure douglas adams i can do it too hitchhiker's guide absolutely never read any of his books (sighs) i
2: know you you, you're you're missing out whoa i know david i know really
0: i was just waiting for i was waiting for jim when i said that like (laughs) yeah david i'm I'm unlearned in in the ways oh
2: you got to get on it, man. You well, we I think we found I think we found it. our next book series. Yeah,
1: apparently. <laughs> oh, that'd
2: be so much fun! Look,
1: would you be into that? We we, 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 right we, we would, need to talk, we need to talk about it because there's yeah. like five or six books. It wouldn't be a long series, right? I would be down with it. I mean, I've never read it, so Salmon of Doubt, absolutely the best. I'm just kidding. But
0: <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. See, I don't. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: my favorite, my favorite is the first in that series, the first book. The Hitchhiker's yeah, Guide. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's good. It's a good series. All right. But, yeah, I'm, down. I'm down. All right. We'll, we'll have to talk later. Yeah. We'll talk later. we got on a tangent here. Anything else that uh, Marco said that you guys want to comment on?
0: Uh, I just want to comment on his name. Marcos Salazar. 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 That's that great. That's a great ah, name. That is like the best name. A uh, movie be, star. You could be a movie star or a supervillain, and either way, people would
1: respect you. You hear that, Marco? I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you, Marco. That was a particular set of skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> oh, man. Jim, I believe you're up with an email that Roland sent in to us.
2: Yeah, from Roland, we have, Hi, David, Scott, and Jim. I enjoyed this book. I give it a five out of five. I was surprised how Benny Jesuit focused this book and was how Ben, oh, let me start over. I enjoyed this book. I gave it a five out of five. I was surprised how Bene Gesserit focused this book was at the beginning. Uh, I had a hard time keeping all the new Reverend Mothers straight, not having very much knowledge for what the series would go. Uh, I was expecting there to be another emperor or some kind of ruler and was pleasantly surprised to see how powerful the Bene Gesserit had become. I had always felt that they were a behind-the-scenes force in politics, but now they are fully in charge of many planets. My favorite moment of this book, and possibly all of the Frank Herbert books, was when Miles Tegg went Quicksilver on the Honored Mars. <laughs> <moderns.
1: laughs> yes! <laughs> Great analogy, by the <laughs> way.
2: Yes. I was also pleasantly surprised at how many times I recalled events from the Legends and house trilogies we read. Uh, number one, the use of no rooms and no ships. In the house trilogy, the Harkonnens used a no ship to sabotage Leto. In the legends trilogy, a few people came across an experimental no room before a planet was destroyed. Two, the Thylaxu uh, ability to create melange reminded me of their attempt at creating it in the house trilogy. Three, chair dogs. Chair dogs. Four, yeah, While on Gamu, uh, Duncan Idaho referenced a time when he was being hunted as human game for the Harkonnens, an event we read about in the House Trilogy. I appreciate reading these books in their chronological order for the moments like these. And that was from Roland. Yeah. And he didn't mention the Islatl tanks.
1: Yeah, that's but true. it that could have been there. But, but you know, uh, th- thanks, Roland. This is some great feedback. And... And I agree, the whole behind the scene forces that you see with the Ben and Jesuit. You know, I remember Dune reading some critical review of Dune about how the women of Dune and the the women were kind of minimized. Yeah. But here in this book, you see Frank Herbert shine, like the two warring factions, the honor matres and the Ben and Jesuit are dominated by women.
0: I never felt like the women were put oh, back I, in any I, of the neither. books. Me I neither. always feel like, if anything, this is a, a a light on the power of womanhood in in all the books. I mean, you also see them get taken advantage of in a lot of ways, but at the same time, like they become these powerhouses. Even in the Legends books, like you've got the beginning of the Sisterhood going on and those witches. It's it's yeah,
1: Norma Senma. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah, and I too really enjoy the payoff, reading them in chronological. Uh, Other than the the Axolotl Tanks, just that little like tiny thing, like you said, Duncan saying I was chased by uh, Harkonnen's game, and it's just like the, the amount of research gone into planning those prequels. To like fit into little stuff like this for it's this, crazy. for like that one moment. I mean, they could have written about anything and just been like, well, this is it. And like, we just never talk about it again. But instead it's little things that keep popping up here and here and here. <laughs> yeah. So
1: yeah. He, yeah he, and it, uh, and I agree. I, the fact that, and it, that doesn't bother me. The fact that we're reading him chronological and we are missing out and surprising some of this. I know that bothers you with the axolotl tanks, but overall not, not really bothering me too much. I don't mind the fact that I know some of the stuff. It makes me have these kind of aha moments going yeah. through these books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else that Roland said we should chat about? Um, no. He gave I mean, it a five out of five, so he agreed with he, G- he, Jim and I or right uh, kind of with him. I guess, yeah. you know, I... <sighs> it was the beginning that tripped you up. Yeah. It was that beginning.
0: You know, I, I, even though after I said three out of five, I was like, maybe I should give it higher... I'm like I just don't know. Like I really do enjoy the book, but I just don't. It's just not like it's one of my favorite books. It's just like a solid good book to me. So anyway, one, one stick word.
2: by your guns, David. Stick by your guns. Stick. That's,
0: that's
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Do do not compromise. That's right. That's Bill what. I,
0: that's the same thing I say to Scott when people are like, "Knock off the loot jokes," and I'm like, "Don't compromise. <laughs> <laughs>
1: keep <laughs> Scott, keep bringing keep, up the loot.
0: Keep bringing it up." <laughs> <sighs>
1: uh <laughs> yeah you know, i have one word for you chair dogs seriously chair dogs. dogs yeah uh, you know we saw them before in the prequels but quite honestly you really why, are... what a ludicrous biogenetic invention i right? know
0: they can conf- well i mean i guess they conform to you or whatever
1: so they're saying but... these, this is a new definition of man's best friend <laughs> that's all i'm saying chair dogs
0: but they don't move around
1: a lot i don't know why they call them dogs do they have to feed them? I can't
2: Do remember. they slobber I mean, all over the place, Yeah, too? exactly. I mean, so, you know. <laughs>
1: do you feed them? What's that like? I mean, how do they defecate when you're sitting on them? I Are they just
0: like giant tribbles and shapes?
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe they're like elongated tribbles.
0: Yeah. I don't know. You do get the sense for them being uh, tag Te-
1: Well, and, and uh, Miles' tag feels bad for him.
0: Yeah, through Miles' perspective, you see them as... As you know, kind of abused creatures, but no yeah, that else, whole
1: diatribe we didn't talk about in the main show of where he's like, Yeah, you know, sheep is one thing because you get wool from them, that's one thing, but chair dogs, that's another. Yeah, it's like a forced subservience.
0: It rolls as they yeah. sound gross, yeah.
2: <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I mean, well, imagine, they, imagine having the job of being a chair dog breeder. <laughs> Are they
0: grown? Like, like, are, I, I don't even understand how it's so. Maybe they
1: come out of chair dog axolotl tanks.
0: Maybe they do. You don't know. Not, they, we do don't know. We don't know much they about grow, it. Or... Where is that's our next question for Brian. Knock off everything else on the list and say, Brian, when are we going to have our chair dog expose book that we've been waiting for?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Chair dogs of doom. <laughs> chair dogs of doom. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, your next book. Chair dogs of Dune. Yeah. We want to see it. I Put wonder. on the list. Kevin J. Anderson, chair dogs of chair Dune. Chair dogs of Dune. Yep. <sighs> and Somehow they're
0: being a Atreides chair dog. Right. <laughs> you know? Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Well, okay, they, become, they become so comfortable that that people sit in them and lose all their ambition to live. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. They lose their
2: will to go on because the chair dogs are so attractive.
0: So, so crazy. So couple. soft. We just got to break
2: it. K- Kevin Anderson's up for a Hugo, so when he after he gets that it he can do anything he wants.
1: Right. So Chairdog's Dog's of Dune, no matter how what people think of it, that should be his next one. It'll be a bestseller. There we go. <laughs>
0: yeah. This is such a weird book, but I love it. <laughs>
1: Psychedelic. And then we need then we need Jodorowsky to direct it because it'll be awesome. All... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that would be a trip.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Rowan points out though. Roland points out, he says they're gross, and he says, and I appreciate Tag more for not using them. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, Tag refused to sit on chair dogs. Yeah. They are a sign of subservience. And there is this theme
1: through Frank Herbert's book, both through, oh, uh, what were those people called that served aboard the guild ship, that, that worked kind of the guild ship, but no one really saw them? Do you know who I'm talking yeah. about? I forget their name. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, the, at, on X, those people.
1: Yeah, they would no, not the X people. The people that were on the ships, they kind of worked they behind all, the scene, and they oh, kind of.
0: Yeah, what were they called? And they were all addicted to Sumutra.
1: But they they had, they helped out, um, Duncan or Paul when Paul was like running away from home with. Yeah, I forget what they were called too, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Roland, help, help! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, anyways, so they remind me of people like that that you see that were kind of subservient. And yeah,
0: yeah, I agree, I agree. But even more so, I mean, yeah.
1: What do they do when you
0: leave the room? They just sit and wait for you to come they don't back. Wait for you to come out. I don't know. It's so yeah. weird. I, I, I yeah. yeah. But
2: real, real dogs do that too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe maybe they like but have a flash mob. Every, every like time, everyone I- leaves like <laughs> woo party. And did- then, like, the moment a person steps into the room, they're like, chair form again.
0: Would you, th- would you think that people like come back to their room and it's constantly rearranged, like, every single time? Dude, I didn't put my Cause- chair there.
1: Because the t- they're like
0: walking around, like, waiting for someone to come forward. And,
1: and, you- and do you pick up a chair dog to move it, or do you say, hey, can you move over there and the chair dog moves itself?
0: <laughs> or do you just sit on it and it moves around?
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a rolling chair- a rolling chair- desk chair. Yeah.
2: I would have liked to have heard what George Carlin would say about chair dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, we're spending way Did too much time, time on chairs. chair dogs.
0: Dog. <laughs> let's move on. To we the-
1: didn't talk. <laughs> we didn't talk about this at all. But go ahead. Yeah,
0: let's let's uh, let's hear uh, some people want to know what's going on with the show. Christopher says the calendar on your website not being updated or working. It's been like this for the past couple of months. Are you guys getting tired of doing this podcast? Hope not, as I think it's great. Hope you're all okay. Hope all is well. Kind regards, Chris. And then Susan King writes, are you taking a break from the podcast? Okay, confession time. We've talked about this before. This is entirely my fault. Uh, So basically, I'm just behind on editing for many reasons. Uh most notably I started a new job and I'm lazy. So or you can, <laughs> are tired. Are tired. <laughs> yeah. Like it's been an adjustment period and now I'm kinda getting back to it. It's just like I've got to get back on the horse and once I do, we should be back on track and we should be good to go. Uh Scott's gonna help me here get, get the last couple uh that we're behind on up and out and um yeah, it's it's not like it's it's super hard or anything like that. It's just, just, just a matter of taking time to do just it. Just taking the time to do it, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, no, we didn't. Oh, my goodness, you dropped something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are not done. I mean, uh, we're still going forward with continuing our schedule. Um, if you go to our YouTube page, you can see that, you know, the the shows have been going up regularly on YouTube for our recorded live show. Now, the uh, podcast is edited down to keep, take out gaps, and when – People walk in the room and fart right. noises and stuff like that. So who does <laughs> <laughs> that in this show? No one puts out fart noises. Jim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh,
2: no respect. No right now, respect. No at respect. All. No respect. Well of um, course not. I'm nine hundred miles away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't slap us from that far away. A-
2: it would be a different story if I were sitting in that room
1: <laughs> Or maybe not. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh, I'll so, warn you, so,
2: I own a Batleth and I know how to use it. <laughs> that is true. That's true. You can't travel with that, though. So you, I mean,
0: you can't fly, so you'd have to drive out here with it.
1: I'll ride a sandworm. We're yeah. still, be, we're still S- betting on that. Betting on the sandworm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. So anyway, the podcast is still going. We're still going strong. I haven't lost any gusto of doing this i love doing it it's, it's great it's, having it's, time talking about this yeah story. it's a super highlight of my life it just the time to, to edit has has not happened but it will so
1: you hear that jim we're the highlight of david's life oh yeah hey. Hey. <laughs> I, I love you guys <laughs> so, oh, that's man. the answer
0: to those burning questions um so, yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled. There's
1: more to come. We've got a lot more to go. And now, uh, yeah. for some more burning questions, uh, this is Jason Steele. Thank you, Jason, for writing in. I don't know if we had Jason write in before, so I'm it's good sure. to have him in. Yeah. But uh, he writes in and says this, Scott, David, and Jim... I want to thank you guys for your amazing podcast. I remember my first encounter with Dune Universe. I had seen a poster for the David Lynch movie while at the theaters in 1984. I was only six years old and my mother was unsure of the content of the movie and since she wasn't familiar with it. But I remember seeing one of the worms in a trailer and immediately was hooked. But the Baron in the trailer turned my mom off. She thought the movie looked very scary and thus I didn't get to see it in theaters. However, I believe it was two years later that the movie was shown on our local Fox TV station over two nights. They separated the movie into two two-hour segments. They had the first two hours, and when uh, Thufir saw the weirding modules being burned and Iraq, Eric Keen being attacked by the Hark- Harkonnens, this version of the movie also contained the opening of the movie that had the artist's renderings with voiceovers, which is now considered the extended edition. I was captivated and couldn't be torn away. I had the action figures and one of the sandworms. I still wonder how I was able to talk my mom into that toy or fade with the cat in the container that would create through fears antidote. <laughs> the Dune Saga is something I've always loved. The book, the movies, the miniseries. The universe is just so rich and dense that I have always been captivated by it. I read all the books, minus Hunters of Dune and Sandworms of Doom, which I don't know how the, act, how the actual end that Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert gave us, but never read them in order, in chronological order. I remember having a discussion with a friend before Christmas, and we were talking about the Amazing Book series, and he was trying to say that the Wheel of Time series was better than Dune. This was a discussion that ended with both of us agreeing to disagree. We'll talk about that. So I decided this year to make a realistic New Year's uh, resolution. I made a goal of reading the entire Dune saga from beginning to end and add the new books that have been added over the years by December 31st of 2015. I wish I'd found your podcast sooner so I could. However, I have finished Legends of the Dune Trilogy and the first book in the prelude to Dune Trilogy. Don't know if I will catch up to you guys, but man... But a man but a man can try, right? Keep making the awesome podcast and I will keep listening. Sincerely, Jason Steele. Man, thanks, Thank you, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, a- any thoughts, Jim, on what he had to say?
2: Uh yeah, it was uh I also came to the Dune uh books through the David Lynch movie. And uh I should also like to point out Jason, that a lot of people are turned off by the Baron. So <laughs>
0: I think there would have been a problem if his mom was turned on by the Baron.
1: <laughs> true, true. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the Baron is not meant to be liked. No. Um, the closest I came to f- kind of liking the Baron is when he's like through Aaliyah or Aaliyah. Yeah, and that's it. I, other than that, I just do don't. I just don't like the Baron. And he's not meant to be
0: liked. (laughs) He's not meant to be. That's the thing. And they do a great job at making him unlikable. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you might consider it over the top to the point. But I guess I don't. I'm just like, oh, that's who the Baron is. And I just don't like him. And he's just evil. Bad, not good, disgusting, gross. All those things.
2: Well, see, and. And and the evil part, yes, you know that that was fine. But in the David Lynch movie that that your diseases love to me, we cultivate them. Uh, in, you know, I I that was just completely talk about over the top. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Anytime you want to talk over the top with Sylvester Stallone, I mean, we can.
2: Actually,
1: oh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm sorry i'm just honored tonight yeah, you are you know i just want to know whether he had the the still the action figures in the sandworm because yeah. those would be cool toys to still to still own i saw them at comic-con this
0: year and my, my buddy emmanuel bought one for a friend of his uh and he bought fade for him and they had the worm and the worm was a hundred dollars and, and emmanuel was trying to talk me into buying it and I was just like it'd be so cool but the moment I would get it I'd want to open it and it would instantly decrease in value and right like right you know it's it's just like uh
1: maybe that, you can find an opened one on eBay for cheap yeah
0: probably the well same I probably well played yeah hmm. maybe me May, I mean maybe we'll st- I should really look I mean we had we did have that episode that I did we're talking to uh the toy guy the, the toy, toy guy, guy. yeah to, to uh, toys the toy man. Jesse Destagio. So, yeah. yeah. And we talked all about those, those, uh, figures. Yeah. So,
1: so realistic. Mm. Do you think his goal is realistic to read through the entire Dune saga in a year?
0: Gosh. If you don't read anything else and you are super focused,
1: I would say you can.
0: I would say you can. I mean, there are people who are really fast readers. I, for me, I mean, one, I'm not, I'm, I'm like a medium speed reader, but I read this slower because I want to take it all in for our discussions. So I have noticed that my reading has slowed down a lot when I read the Dune books. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Jim? Do you think you could read all the books in a year?
2: Uh, I Yes, I could. You're a fast you what, reader, this, aren't you? Well, as soon as school gets out, I read, you know, four or five hours a day. <sighs> wow. So I I don't think I would have any problem Uh, by the end of the year. I could do it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I guess you're right. If if I had that much time to read it, I probably could too. I probably could too. I I just don't have that much time to read. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I did. I mean, I love reading. So that's all we have to do is when we move on from doing and make this general podcast, we just got to make that our careers. Yeah, just read yeah, just constantly. Just read constantly. Put out a podcast. Put a, get our own radio show. Yeah. yeah got
1: all, all for it. All, yeah. So yeah. there we go. That's hey, our plan. So Wheel of Time versus Dune.
0: I, I've never read Wheel of Time.
1: Have you read any of the Wheel of Time, uh, Jim? No, I I never have, no. I am. You're almost done. I am right? I'm 20 hours away from finishing the final book. There's 11? No, 14. Jeez. You see- He's still alive, right? No, he's dead. He's dead. He, he's dead, Jim. did he, no, did, did he, he finish him? He, are they done? No, they, you know what? Uh, Brand, Brandon Sanderson uh, finished the last three. He had outlined the entire final book, and they split into three because if they'd have put into one book, it would have been like fifteen hundred pages. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm in the final book of it, and all, all the books in that series are like five to six hundred pages long.
0: Wow. And you're loving it all. Do uh,
1: you know? I I heard that the middle was a slog fest, and at times it was. But you know what? One of the things that he does that's different than Dune is it takes place. The, all fourteen books take place in about the course of a year or two, what? and so you follow all the same characters. So one of the things that kept me coming back, even in the books that weren't as easy to read, was the fact that oh, I'm joining old friends on their journey again. Yeah. And I and so I would sit there and just be there with my old friends again. Wow. And that's the thing that kept me going back to those books. Wow. Not the fact that he took four pages to describe a dress some woman was wearing. Wow. So.
0: I mean, I was the same way with the Where's Waldo books. Yeah. Yes,
1: Jeez, you are in rare form. Man. I know.
0: I don't know what it is—the coffee, or I'm kind that. of a little tired. I don't know. All right.
1: Anyways, Jason, thank you for writing in. Thank you for writing in. Let's move on, Jim. It is you.
2: Okay, uh, I sure hope I pronounce this right. It's uh, Advait. It says hi. No dune in ten for House Carino. Is it hidden away somewhere? Thanks. Love the podcast, and I support you on Patreon. Advate in India. Well, yeah. thank That's you. Cool, all the way from India.
0: Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon, and thank you for asking where, Herita- or where House Carino is—the infamous, infamous, missing piece of the Dune Intent series. Here's the deal: we had to keep moving. I didn't have time to write Dune Intents. Take. A lot of time, a lot of mental energy to do. At that period of time, it didn't happen. And because it kept moving, uh, it was difficult for me to get it done, get it written. I have said before, and I'll keep to it, if anyone would choose to write it or write a brief outline that I'll fill in, um, you know, something like that so that I can, you know, see how it is. I would be more than willing to record it and put out the heretics of dune um I don't trust myself to do as concise a job as I normally do uh, just because I, I my we've had to put so much information in our brains with these books i i can't I can't remember so um we've got like two mentats bridge of Hethgra and Roland maybe they can bang their heads together and <laughs> and put something together I don't know if either of them like writing so <laughs> we need a journalist we need we need our uh what was what was the name that they gave the Carino? Otta. Oh, we yeah. need a Harkal for for the Dune Saga podcast. So that is the answer to that question.
2: All right.
1: So we move on.
0: Yeah. So James right. Moberly he writes there seems to bring, be strong similarities between Dune, Lawrence of Arabia from 1962, Dances with Wolves from 1990. Fern Gully from 1992, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, 2001, and Avatar, 2009. The story of the outsider who goes on an adventure to a new world and is transformed by the native people he befriends into the leader against the other outsiders. Have you guys noticed similarities in other works to Dune and made comparisons? I think it could make for an interesting discussion on a future podcast. Now, the perfect person to talk to this would be someone who teaches literature and knows about themes. If only there was someone here
1: who did that. Gem and your musical score. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Eddie,
1: passes I'll, I'll tell you,
2: <laughs> Eddie passes the buck. Eddie passes the buck I'll tell again. you what, when, when you ask me for comments on this, I would tell you that, first of all, I fell asleep halfway through Lawrence of Arabia. Uh, (laughs) I purposefully avoided Dances with Wolves. I've never seen Fern Gully. I didn't see Atlantis. And after I heard uh, what Avatar was like, I didn't bother with that. So I have no point of comparison. So balls in your court, guys.
1: Well, let me, I, I have a point of comparison. I, and I think that we were just talking about the Wheel of Time series. Mm-hmm. Wheel of Time's main character is a very much a Paul Atreides character. Mm-hmm. He rises to power. He is supposed to be the savior of the world. He wrestles with that, fails at it, re rediscovers what it really means, redisco- and very much similar to what's happening in Dune.
0: I think that this is a a an older concept
1: than Dune. You know, this is a hero's journey. I mean, yeah. we, we're talking about we're Moses. Talking, I yeah.
0: mean, I mean, look at it's 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 the same thing right. with Moses. So, I mean, it's it's a common hero's hero story. I think right. uh, there are a lot of similarities uh, to be found in it. But um, going back to Avatar, I. Do you, you've got a you got a nice TV, right, Jim?
2: Yeah, I got a decent one.
0: I would, I would, I, I would, I would, because yeah, because you watch Blu-rays. I would just check out Avatar on Blu-ray for the way film te- technology advanced with this film.
2: It was a
1: beautiful film.
0: Yeah,
2: well, I mean, I, I think well, I saw James. Two, what's that, James? Cam- James Cameron made it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. That would be a point for me to watch it, but the reason I have not watched it is because I, I just heard it's just the same thing that's been done over and over and over and over again.
0: Well, yeah, it's not, it's not super original, but the visuals make it feel original. Tell you what, Jim, uh, you watch it, and you and I will talk about it and send it into the Dune Saga, or to the Sci-Fi Diner and see if they play it.
2: Is it kid safe?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. We should we should
1: review that. I think we we did review that movie when it came
0: out. Okay, well, well, maybe Jim and I will send a little blurb.
1: Yeah, we, we should. We yeah. should. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it has it has violence in it, but I think it's PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not nothing. I, I mean, they
2: battle. Know. They oh. battle the overlords. Yeah, I mean, if she watches. Okay, well,
0: she, she watches. Star well,
2: Chrissy Wars. watches Avengers, so I. Can, oh, yeah. I
0: guess I. Can. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. No. That is. It's tamer than
1: Avengers. Yeah.
0: I mean it's mil it's the difference is it's military. There might so be some swearing in it. Yeah, there might be some swearing. It's 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 like military guys shooting at the aliens, you know. All right. That oh. kinda that kind of thing. Yeah. I anyway. You do that, let me know, we'll talk about it. All
1: right. All right moving right. on. All right. All right. So uh one uh we one other comment before we go into bad reviews. This came through Twitter and from the sequel cast. And they said the Dune Saga podcast has inspired me to finish Frank Herbert's last two Dune books. Love the a- the UK Heretics cover, and there was a picture of it, of the uh, sandworm on the Heretics cover, so it's kind of cool. Um, I don't have that picture up; I really should. But.
0: Yeah, that was, it's. A, I've seen those before. They're I think that those are the ones that they all, they all fit together to make one big picture. Big picture. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure those are the ones that do that. It's really great. Oh. We-
1: that would be a good one to see. But by the way, sequel cast for those of you listening and maybe interested in another podcast, they have like 215 episodes. These guys have been podcasting a while and what they do, it's, it's Matt, it's Matt, uh, I think it's Bradley Tashirge. I probably, I totally mispronounced your name. Bear with me here. And William Thrasher, great name. Uh, they look at movie franchises one film at a time weekly, and then they mix in retro and current video game franchises monthly. Nice. So basically, they take movies out of sequels made out of them and tear apart the franchises. They certainly, they certainly have no shortage.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And we just, uh, we just heard from Bridge of Hethgear in the in the chat. He said he uh, he might be interested in looking into writing uh, about House Carino uh, once the school year is over. So awesome!
1: I think uh, we have a take taker on your uh, writing the Carino somewhere.
0: Yeah, that'd be awesome. Definitely,
1: Bre- Bridge of Hethger, uh is joining us in the chat room so welcome and he's uh graduating this year so congratulations congratulations, from the do saga podcast that's only a month and a half away buddy Uh, maybe a little bit but maybe a little bit more maybe two months away that you will be walking out the doors and down the aisle that's gonna be awesome
0: sweet that's so cool such a good feeling
1: yeah and we would love to have you write it because david's not doing the job yeah slacking (laughs) slacker Let's move on into some bad, bad reviews. reviews, bad reviews. And uh, do you want to take the first one, David? Okay. And then All Jim right. will let you take the next one. I'll take the last one. Okay. All right. But this first one's good. It's actually like dialogue.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this is Manny. He gives it one start. The, guard usher- the guards ushered Frank into the office. As usual, the reverend publisher was seated at, at her desk writing. So many lives touched by her decisions, he thought. Well- she looked up. Uh, well, he said, she looked up. He had promised himself that he would not flinch before the fire of her gaze. And once more, he broke his promise. It's almost finished, he said. Almost. Her I- irony was palpable, was, was palpable. A force. Almost is not enough, you know. You know that, Frank. When will it be done? I think a month, almost two. I'm working as hard as I can, Reverend Publisher. I am not well. He hated himself for this ser- servility. So why then did you found did you find, so why then did you found a dynasty? Your son can assist you. He will continue when you are gone. There are many books left to write, she says. His throat was suddenly dry, but of course there was no pitcher of water. It would have been unthinkable. I am, or, I have prepared I have. him. Wait, was it yeah, you had, I, I am, am preparing. preparing him. He will be ready in time. She glanced at him again and again he flinched. There is a transcriber on that desk. Write a page now. I want to see how you work. He sat down and fed a sheet of paper into the machine. His lips moved soundlessly. She knew what he was saying. By now the litany was stamped deep into his psyche, impossible to eradicate. She smiled secretly to herself. The training was brutal, but was it was effective? She watched his mouth as it formed the words it had spoken so many times before. "I have no face. taste. I, I have no taste. Taste is the sales killer, the hesitation that brings total profit meltdown. I will conquer my taste. When I have stamped it out, I will look at. I will look at what I have written. I will read through it from start to finish. There will be nothing left of great of a great series." only crap will remain (laughs) that one star review gets a five star review from me
1: (laughs) Uh, Jim your thoughts on this Uh,
2: I got nothing to say (laughs) Case is a sales killer Uh,
0: that litany at the end made the whole thing (laughs)
1: it's so ridiculous oh yeah so this next bad review, uh, Jim, do you want to read it? This is going from... Two, she She gave it two stars.
2: Okay. Well, another Dune book. What an odd book. I didn't realize there was a plot to the book for the most part. I thought the plot was to get Duncan to Rackus, and it was such a slow plot. Then, at the end, there was this big action scene for about the last quarter of the book, and something totally different happened, and everyone was acting like that was the plot all along. I've read plots with a twist at the end, but this was kind of like they just decided to pick up a different storyline. I don't know. Maybe I zoned out for an important part of the book. Such an odd book. Such an odd series. There are some really jam ideas, though, that are fun to think about.
1: Well, maybe that's what gave him the two stars. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you feel that the plot was like you couldn't follow the plot through the book?
0: No, I felt like it was pretty apparent. I mean, it wasn't like it was foreshadowed out like some of the other ones were. More to just like it was like, okay, you know, this is what our plan is. And all of a sudden, they're on the run. It was an
1: on-the-run book. Right. So, I mean, it changed as you went along with the story than what you may have thought it. But I didn't think it was that. How about you, Jim? Did you feel it was just meandering? Be uh
2: not really uh yeah there's some unanswered questions but then there's there's also that uh we may be setting the table here for the future a little bit uh that's kind of how i took it
0: yeah this was supposed to be the first book in uh a a trilogy so i mean it it, it's doing that it's establishing the universe for this trilogy so so I have to give her props though,
1: or him, or whoever it was. Was it a girl? G- going. I thought it was a girl, but maybe it okay. is. Might not be.
0: Yeah. Whoever it is, I had to, I have to give them props because they say that this is such a weird series, right? And that there are some, some gems in here. So obviously they've been reading it. They're in, they're in book five. Right. You gotta, if, mm-hmm. if they think it's a weird series with only some gems in it and they're on book five, you gotta give them props for giving it a chance. Like that's like, that's a reviewer that I can respect because they've—they didn't just quit as soon as it didn't—it wasn't—it it wasn't perfect or it
1: wasn't what they wanted to read. Right. So, yeah. And our last one oh. comes from Peter Greenwall, who said, and I believe this was a two-star review. This is an improvement over the book before it, so he probably gave that one a one star. <laughs> Though I will add, it's a marginal improvement. It certainly is a touch more enjoyable. However, alas, once again, we have the faceless characters who do little more than have a short, sharp dialogue, constructions with one another. I found myself skimming through some of the literary square miles of endless talk to get where something actually happens. I love the cover. The girl, Sheena, dancing before the sandworm. Evocative. Shame. It's the most evocative thing about this book. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> no.
0: I don't, I don't remember that cover.
1: Well, I, I didn't see that cover. That's not the cover that I, mind. Yeah. mine, but the covers they have in the audiobooks are lame, lame audiobook covers. But, mm. um, Frank Herbert has a lot of dialogue, no doubt about it.
0: I, you know, I don't understand. I mean, yeah, faceless that-
1: characters, I feel like
0: those things give so much more meaning to the other stuff, don't you? I mean, not always, but in this book, like, you really got to know the Penny Jezzard because of those dialogue scenes. Absolutely. Like the thing that comes to my mind is uh, just Tag and is it Audrey and, and Terraza, Just like when they're landing on Ga- Gamu and they're just having that discussion where no one can really figure out who Terazza's talking to the whole time, and it's and you hear it from both from two perspectives. Like that, there might have been something that was skimmed over. But I thought that that was an important thing.
1: I mean, how do you... I mean, I guess one of the ways you get to know the characters is by what they do, but hearing their thoughts and the dialogue and their interactions with other people
2: also is very telling, in
1: my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: Jim, you want to weigh in here? Well, the way I see it is I either understand the book and enjoy it, or I don't understand it, and it just turns into just words. (laughs) And as far as I was concerned... There was a great story here and setting up future stories. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's about it. Yeah. All right.
1: I believe that about wraps it up for tonight. Yeah, it does. Appreciate everyone joining us in the chat room. We love you guys. Thanks for joining us tonight. And even if you came to the show late, we love having you here in the chat room. As always. Yeah. Um, One passing thing, though. Oh, we found out. And he's right. He's right. Roland's been looking all night for this since we brought it up. Yeah. you want to bring it up? Yeah.
0: So was it the main episode or during the, the listener feedback? This, that, this or, episode. Okay, the, during the listener, earlier in the show, we were talking about, we couldn't remember what the the servants on the on the, um, guild, ships. guild ships were. And they're called
1: Waku. That's right.
0: Yeah. Way to go, uh, Roland.
1: The name of the disgraced house that served the guild. That's Um, right. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, If we were giving out prizes, Roland, you would get one. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up and (laughs) wrapping that up for us. Yeah. But I believe that's about it. And uh, we will be uh, putting up a new poll. So, Roland, if you want to send us a new poll, we will put it up. Uh, up, And uh, so if we can think of it. Uh, maybe it can be the quiz Ice Hotter Rock Pool if you want. Yeah. It might be a good one to kind of toy with and yeah. talk at us thinking about it as we get near the end of the series.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of this show, great ways to do it. Email us at dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Facebook, facebook.com slash dunesaga podcast. We've got Twitter at dunesaga podcast. And if you want, you can either email us a recording of something you'd like to share or you can call our hotline at
1: one two six zero five seven seven two four two eight,
0: and leave a voicemail. So
1: yeah, that, many That's way, that. many ways to get a hold of us. We are doing Chapter House next. Yes. So if you want to get your feedback in for there, if you're hearing this, you probably only have like two weeks to do it. Yeah. But uh, make sure you get your your feedback in. We'll be posting this on all the social media networks. Yeah, as well,
0: so. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you'll know about it before this, this is, is our last Frank Herbert book. I mean, from Everybody this point asks, on bro. in the Dune Soccer podcast journey, we will no longer have any Frank Herbert.
1: We will have some short stories if we opt yeah, to do that.
0: It, well, yeah, in yeah. Road to Dune, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, did he
1: write Road to Dune?
0: He, I think he wrote the It's like some collections. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Well, for the Dune Saga podcast, I'm David Moulton.
2: I am Scott Hensack. And I am Jim Arrowwood
0: and may Shai Hulud clear the path before you.